We have exciting returns, even more cuts, lots of speculations, and quite frankly, it's probably the best time of the year to be a WWE fan. It's the next installment of the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. I threw all of that jumbled jargon together because one of us on this show making his first appearance in the year of our Lord 2022. And last week we were both off here on the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. We apologize for that. But guess what? Sometimes these things happen, whether it's life, technical difficulties, both, or just the fact that one of us wasn't feeling good and the other one's life was completely crazy last week. That all being said, welcome back to the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. I am Boss Ross. Joining us for the first time in 2022 is Don Jorge, the Don, the J-Man, Jorge. And boy, howdy, do we have a lot to talk about on this show. As I mentioned, we are in the Royal Rumble season. It is the best time of the year to be a WWE fan. For those of you that jumped off the WWE bandwagon, perhaps this is the time of year where you should possibly jump back on it we're going to talk the differences between the main events going on between aew and wwe there were some more cuts and as always at this time of year the speculations are growing and yes because i'm keeping the trend going and and we didn't have a show last week i will talk wcw nitro 2000 all of that being said j man how are you sir I'm doing great, my brother. It is good to see you. Uh, I missed the show. I missed everything. Um, it's been it. You're you're absolutely right. It has been absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, it's just good to be back. You're right. It is a great time to be a WWE fan. As always, it's Royal Rumble season. You should be hyped up because this is where they usually go ahead and put out their best programming. Um, and uh, it's just great to be back, man. I've been trying to go ahead and figure out how exactly I was going to do a podcast here in this new layout for the time being. And I think I have done so um, successfully. Uh, We'll see how the night goes on, but it is terrific to see you. Yeah. So just, just a quick insight here. So we were off for two weeks at the end of the year. Then I did a solo show and then neither of us were here last week. So Jorge has been off for a month from this show. I've been off for three of the four weeks, but again, we took two weeks off at the holiday. It was a nice little, you know, restart on life in general. Plus, it's just it's just too crazy to try and do stuff during the Christmas holiday. So that's really why we is. always take a break. And that's fine because a lot of people take a break. We know you don't hold it against us uh, if you're a firm listener of the show or even if you are checking us out for the first time. Welcome. As uh, like I said, we uh, we have a lot of stuff to get into tonight. And I think... I think I want to start with the fact that we do have the Royal Rumble coming up, uh, which, by the way, next week's show, we are going to do a preview and prediction show uh, because that is what we do on this show. We are not keeping score this year, which is fine, um, but we are going to be very specific about the shows we want to cover and the shows that we choose to uh, preview and predict. And the Royal Rumble is absolutely one of them. It's a great way to start the year in general for wrestling 
Um, there are a few other shows that start off the calendar year that are right up there. Um, it's Russell Kingdom that's in January for New Japan, correct? Yes, sir. That okay. I think that uh, took place last week, if I'm not mistaken. So, but again, that is one of the bigger shows on yep. the entire wrestling calendar. Uh, but mm-hmm. for those of you that do not watch New Japan, um, the Royal Rumble is the first. I know we had day one on the first. I'm not counting that. Plus, we already talked about that show, or at least I did. I talked about that show, and uh, but we did not get a chance to talk about it, nor do we need to talk about it on this show because um, there are bigger fish to fry. But the Royal Rumble, this time of year, there's always speculations about you know what kind of card we're going to have because the Royal Rumbles are going to be you know, the premiere of that show, and you don't really have to have the marquee title matches that we normally have. And then there's always, hey, who's going to show up at the Royal Rumble? Because there's always special guests that show up. There's always people you don't expect. Or in today's internet environment, it's the people that have already been spoiled three weeks before the Royal Rumble, as in the case of Mickey James, who's not even working for the company and the champion of another company. But that's another oh, yeah, story. And, and, and Summer Rae. And, and Summer Rae. I, I know. There's, there's, there's been a ton of things. But. And Mita, yeah. This is this is one of the few years where I could legitimately tell you, I actually think the WWE's main card might just be as relevant and as good as the two pending Royal Rumbles that are coming 1, up. Thousand percent. And I can't 1, say that every year. And by the way, can I? And by the way, I even give that company a pass when they don't do it because if you're telling me that you watch the Royal Rumble for much of anything else on most years outside of the Royal Rumble, I'd say you're lying. I agree. Because most of the in, it, most of the intrigue surrounding the event is, in most years, the men's Royal Rumble. I'm not saying the women's Royal Rumble hasn't had that. I'm saying most years, it is the men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. I, so, that's, I mean, that is the premier event. So, but... As I prefaced before, and we're going to compare and contrast it to AEW's main event scene right now. I mean, we've got some really good-looking matches on paper coming up for this pay-per-view card. I mean, we've got we've got a couple of title matches that look good. We've got some upper mid-tier matches that look fantastic, which, by the way, I absolutely love the fact that I begged for days and weeks and months for this company to start having upper mid card upper mid card feuds that didn't involve the belt and we've got at least one of them if not two it's fantastic so let's so let's so let's kind of break down the WWE main event scene i mean obviously uh they had to make a switch at day 1 because mm-hmm. roman reigns ended up uh well he ended up testing positive i won't say the word but he ended up testing positive for you know what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had to so they had to change. They put Brock Lesnar on the raw side and made it a fatal five way. He ended up winning the title, pinning Big E. Whatever you think about that, that's the decision they made. So now Brock is the champion on Raw, and Roman Reigns is the champion on SmackDown. So now the real question becomes: okay, well, what do you do with Roman? What do you do with Brock? Are we unified the titles? Are we having Brock Lesnar lose the title at some point and going back and challenging Roman Reigns? I think they did an excellent job pivoting on the fly 
with something that, of course, is not in anybody's control. I mean, Roman Roman got sick, so they had to pivot. So they put Brock Lesnar in a situation that was most beneficial as a whole. Whether or not they were planning on Big E losing the title at that event or not, I actually think it's worked out best for both sides because, in a sense, and I will have you react to this in a moment, Roman Reigns getting sick made the WWE on the fly make the trade of Brock Lesnar for Seth Rollins. And I think it's going to benefit both brands because we're going to get Brock versus Bobby, Bobby Lashley, and we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, which actually kind of feels fresh again. So what are your thoughts on at least those two to start off? Well, as you very well know, Roswell, and most listeners of this podcast know, um, I am a big fan of Brock Lesnar. I always have been. I actually, for a long time, defended Brock Lesnar against you and your tirades before you went ahead and switched completely to saying Brock Lesnar is the best thing on God's green earth, which, by the way, Brock Lesnar is probably the best baby face in professional wrestling right now. I think that's a it's a strong statement that a lot of people are going to disagree with. But watch watch WWE programming when he was on and and ask and, and then talk to me afterwards. Tell me if I'm wrong. Mountain man, baby face Brock has been awesome to watch. So I bring this all up because when, when Roman got, got sick and he got taken out of the title match at day one and they made the switch to drop in Brock, I texted you and I told you I wasn't happy with that decision. You know this. And I think most people that know me knew that I probably wasn't going to be happy about it. Fast forward two and a half, three weeks later, as upset as I am that that Biggie is no longer the WWE champion because I, on the other hand, think that his title reign was going well. I know that you've had your thoughts on it, and I know that you've said what you said, and I know exactly what you said because you not only said it to, on this podcast and I heard you, but you said it to me in person. That's perfectly fine. By the way, you're entitled to your thoughts, and that's part. And I think you make excellent points. But to be fair, I think I've made some excellent points too. I don't want to go down that road. The road that I do want to go on is I think I was wrong in getting angry about the title switch because I think that it's actually worked out better than expected. I think it ended up basically the way that I'm I'm going to tell to you, Ross, and you'll probably agree with me. I think it was about, I think it ended up being a blessing in disguise Um, because give me a second on Roman and Seth. I'm going to get there, but Bobby versus Brock. This is legitimately a match 15 years in the making, right around there. It's, it's, people have been clamoring for this match since Bobby Lashley was in WWE in his first run and Brock left and he was, you know, either he went to NJPW for like a year and then he went to try and play for the Minnesota Vikings in the NFL and that didn't work out. And then he was like, well, what am I going to do? And then he went to the UFC and blah, blah, blah. They've been clamoring for this since then. And even though it's probably a little bit later, because these two are such freak athletes that at their respective ages of 45 and 44, three or 44, however Brock, however old Brock is, because Bobby's like 45. That's the other thing. People don't realize that Brock, that Bobby Lashley is like 45 years old. He's, he's an older man, but he looks incredible for whatever age he is. Right. And so we're finally getting this match. And I don't know about, I mean, I know for a fact that 
about 95% of the wrestling audience, whether or not it's WWE or AEW, they're hyped for this match. Now, that being said, they're doing a stupid weigh-in segment next Monday night, which I don't know exactly how I feel about that, but that's that's fine. I'm going to disregard it for one second because the prospect of the match of Robbie Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is tantalizing in the best way possible. Then you move back over to Roman versus Seth. By the way, you, you, you asked whether or not, you know, do we think that their plan is to unify the titles? No, I, I, I personally do not believe that that is the case. So I either see somehow, some way, a fluke of Roman using the universal, losing the universal title and then being the number one contender to the WWE title at WrestleMania, or him retaining the universal championship and then Brock Lesnar losing that WWE title and him being the number one contender going into WrestleMania. That's what I view it. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think the mat, I think the massive reports were um, that Seth Rollins was going to end up beating Big E at day one, and Seth Rollins would have been the WWE champion going into WrestleMania. Um, I think that that's what I had read and heard. Um, and I think most people will attest to that, but that's not the point. So to answer your question, I do not believe that there's going to be a unification of the titles, but Roman versus Seth, you know, I know people, some people think that, oh, it kind of feels fresh. You being one of them. I, for a fact can tell you Roman versus Seth never, never got rotten to begin with. If you will, I've always viewed it as fresh because of the complete opposite of characters that they are playing now compared to the last time they either really feuded or they had their one-off matches. So for example, you know, their last real feud happened in all the way back in 2016 when Seth Rollins came back from his knee injury and he beat Roman at money in the bank. And then obviously Dino cashed in blah, blah, blah. And then they've had their one-off matches where they've both been baby faces. And so to see this completely be different where they are both heels even though I think Seth Rollins is the de facto babyface in this feud, which I'm 1000% with because Seth was never the babyface. And I'm sorry, I've been talking so long, but I've also been gone for two and a half weeks. So bear with me for just a second. And also I apologize for any craziness in the background. But um, my point is this feud, I don't think ever felt rotten and it is extremely fresh. And I think that this is a match that people have been begging for for years, I know that's Santiago. Oh. <laughs> and I can't wait. Like, I'm hyped for Roman versus Seth at the Rumble. So carry on. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, look, this is this is what this show is all about. I mean, I wanted us to talk about the fact that this is one of the few Royal Rumbles where I can actually tell you. I think I might be more excited for the main card yeah. Then I am now. That being said, okay, I love the Royal Rumble. I've told you many times, and I will say it again on this show. The Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view of the year. It just is because so many things can happen. You don't know who you're going to see uh, on that show. You don't know who's going to have a big night. You don't know. A lot of years, you don't know who's going to win, even though you might have a suspicion of who you think might win. You really don't know because what happens that night could could determine what happens in the Rumble match yep. and could determine what happens for WrestleMania. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, not to go ahead and spoil my prediction for next week, but I'm going to tell you because I still don't know what the prediction is, but 
This is now the second year in a in a row, Ross, and I think you can you can probably agree with me that I have no idea who to pick for for the for the Royal Rumble. Last year during this time, I was like, I think I can go Daniel Bryan. I think I can go Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it did not end up being Daniel Bryan who won the Royal Rumble. It was Edge, right? And um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you picked Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, and those weren't off the cuff picks. We had our respective reasons as to why we went with those two. Mm-hmm. And Edge comes all the way from number one to pull it out of his ass. And so here I am in 2022. I don't know. who I have not the slightest clues. I mean, I, I don't know. I think Big E is probably a favorite. I think Big E's probably going to be a favorite. I'm not 100% certain he'll win it. I, mm-hmm. I actually kind of doubt it. But considering he's the he's just the last former champion. He's going to be one of those entrants. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Biggie came in at 30, that mm-hmm. would probably make sense. Um, or you have him come in and be one of the last three or four um, in the match. Um, it seems, I don't know how this happened, but it looks like Austin theory just became a dark horse. Um, Cause he keeps on having backstage segments with Mr. McMahon. And apparently Mr. McMahon is enamored with him. Um, you know, I don't know is edge actually a, a favorite maybe it would shock i mean there's no way he would win it a third time right there's no way i don't know but that's the thing i don't know and then you've got whoever loses the respective universal and wwe title matches are they going to get tossed into the rumble because we've seen that happen in the past right so like if bobby beats if brock beats bobby is bobby gonna be in the rumble maybe if 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 rollins loses to reigns will he be in the room i have no idea there's so many questions and then by the way i haven't even mentioned my boy ko resigning right you yeah. mentioned it when we when when you talk when we when we well when we both talked day one back in december and then you discussed it after after the day one pay-per-view you know you're like oh okay ko didn't get pinned because he just got resigned they're pushing him blah 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 I think he's going to be a massive factor in the Royal Rumble in two weeks' time. I don't think he's going to win it, but you could throw his name in the dark horse box and be like, Kevin Owens is a dark horse. There's so many questions that I have that I do not have the answer to. And guess what? That's what I need. I don't want answers. I want you to just surprise me. Mm -hmm. You know, no way home it. No way home it, baby. You went there, didn't you? You went there. I, I still the- haven't seen the movie, but I know everything that happened. And yes, I did. It's a pop culture reference. Come on. Wait, wait. So you haven't seen the movie, but it was already spoiled for you? 100%, dude. So we can blame Kim Kardashian for this since you ruined it for everybody else. Sure. I mean, you can blame it. I, I, I blame it on myself. I knew okay. that I was going to take forever and a day to watch it. I'm waiting for it to drop on digital in like a month, in like three weeks time. Mm-hmm. I'll just enjoy it in, in, in the luxury of my home. And, you know, cry uh, tears of joy, which I've already cried because I read all the, you know, spoilers. And I was like, it happened. So my point is, I just want to be surprised. Okay. That's all. Hey, uh, so I think I already know who I'm going to pick for the Royal Rumble, but it's going to be a little bit of a controversial one, but it totally makes sense. And we'll talk about that next week. Sure. Um, so I do have a question for you. And if it's just me being totally inept when it comes to finding information, I accept that as my answer. So I just ask you this. Um, There is an event for AEW 
that is coming up on January the 26th. It is called Beach Break. They yeah, did, Beach Break, they, uh-huh. They did it last year. Mm-hmm. So I try to look up information for this event that's happening in less than a week. Mm-hmm. I see one match on the card. So Beach Break is a, another Dynamite special, right? So it's right. not an actual paper. Yeah, R- right. But what I'm saying is, okay, everybody knows they don't do monthly pay-per-views. That's fine. Right. So, so you're telling me their next pay-per-view is not until March? Uh, February. I think Revolution is taking place in February, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. So, and at Beach Break, we're going to get Cody versus Sammy, right? Uh-huh. In a ladder match, uh, by the way. Boy, howdy, that promo was absolute flames. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so I'll let you talk about that promo, and then we'll segue into Moxley who just came back and we'll talk about that promo as well. And there's a trend with AEW promos that I'm going to bring up that I'm not a huge fan of, but I want to get your thoughts on it. So first, um, there was a vicious rumor. Like there's a, there's, there's a select group of WWE fans that are convinced Cody Rhodes is showing up at the rumble. By the way, not only just Cody Rhodes, they're they're convincing themselves that Punk is going to show up at the Rumble. They're convincing themselves that Mox is going to show up in the Rumble. So let's talk about that now, because I'm glad we didn't do a show last week, because obviously I wasn't here and I really wanted to be a part of the discussion. And then obviously this happened Mm -hmm. after our first show of the year. So you mentioned Mickey James being in the Royal Rumble. Um this up in, in two and, weeks time. And, and she's the current impact knockouts champion. Correct. Correct. So WWE has, I'm not going to say they blew open the forbidden door on their side, but they definitely gave it a nice swift kick and it cracked it open quite a bit. Obviously now we have, you know, the women's check. I would say, I don't know, Ross. I mean, if you had to go ahead and look at how the women's champions are ranked in professional wrestling right now, you would mm-hmm. probably say that the most, prestigious if you will women's championship in professional wrestling today is either the raw or smackdown women's championships which are respectively held by becky lynch and charlotte flair right yes. and followed by that i would say Britt baker's aew world women's championship and then i would say would you say mandy and the nxt women's title or would you say mickey and the impact and the knockouts women's title i think it's a where i think it's a valuable my point is and you don't have to answer that, or you can. But my point is, Mickey James's Impact Knockouts title, she's a big deal in pro in women's pro wrestling. By the way, not including the lineage of what is the legend legendary career of Mickey James, right? So, by the way, somebody made a point of this on 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 the internets, as I would like to say. If they're going to say that she's the impact knockouts champion. Like if that's how they're going to advertise her, um, why don't they just advertise every other person that used to work for impact to the titles they won? Like, like might as well just prop up AJ styles for all the titles and he won LA with Knight. that company. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like oh, yeah. they, they always, they always talk about AJ's Japan career, but they never go ahead and talk about his impact career, which and is, they never talked about Kurtz by the way. Which, by the way, Kurt was there longer than he was in WWE. Exactly. I just, and I just, I just if I'm mistaken, he again, got inducted, so. and he got inducted into their Hall of Fame before he got inducted into WWE's Hall of Fame. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, that yeah. was a whole so, that was a whole storyline angle involving him and uh, Robert Roode, who is completely lost on WWE television again. By the way, another person 
another person who is massively important to impact and you should recognize his history at this point mm-hmm. you know so yeah, it's just it's just uh, i i don't i don't here's here's the other cool thing about uh here's the uh, and i promise we'll stick with aew um hmm. the other really cool thing is there are people that are near the ends of deals with other companies mm-hmm. that could very easily, if the timeline is correct, could easily show up at the Royal Rumble. And by the way, there are people that show up at the Royal Rumble, have a payday, and we don't see them again. That happens every Carlito. year. Yeah. Um, uh, exactly. And so, oh, and by the way, also, and I feel really awful saying this, and then I promise we'll get back to AEW. Um, Sasha Banks is going to miss the event. She is hurt. Oh, yeah. I, she hurt her foot I, at a house I, show. I, I don't know when she's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. This is about as bad of timing as when Bailey got hurt because mm-hmm. Bailey was kind of in the middle of still being like main event level talent and then she got hurt. Uh, Although, I believe, I believe uh, warming up in a practice ring, mm-hmm. she got hurt. Yep. She's been out the whole time. She might yep. be back. Um, I hope she is. But I'm I telling you right now, Sasha Banks was on the short list of people to win the Royal Rumble this year. The The women's Royal Rumble, absolutely. But that opens the door for a couple other possibilities, which we'll get into next week. So Mm -hmm. uh, AEW, let's stick with that. Um, So we've got Cody and Sammy, obviously, for the undisputed TNT title, which Sammy better win, by the way, uh, because... I hope Cody's finally embracing just being a heel, which by the way, I don't know how he couldn't just have been a heel the entire time. That being said. So, uh, the main event level seed for AEW right now. Okay. So, um, we had Omega was the champion for a long time. He was injured. He dropped the belt to page. And then now we have the situation we have now. Where it's right. like, okay, well, you know, Paige was kind of seen at that level, and then you put the belt on him, and now and and now we're at this level where it's like, okay, well, well, what was the point? Right. It's been a weird. Uh, it's been a weird trajectory because his title defenses started off with an absolute bang with the two bangers that he put on with Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. and he beat Danielson in the rematch which I thought he needed to, and I thought that was absolutely the right call, even though I would have loved to have seen Brian Danielson to be become the AEW world champion. But when you've pushed Hangman Page for that long, like you kind of got to give him a little bit of a longer title run than just a month, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. But listen, no disrespect to Lance Archer. I think Lance Archer's terrific, and he obviously got hurt when he went ahead and had that massive drop on his head from that moonsault that he did in the AEW world championship eliminator tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a, I just didn't think that he was, I don't think he needs to be the number one contender to Hangman Adam page right now. I think that what you need to do is give someone, give Hangman someone stronger to be his opponent, to carry, not carry him, but help him. Because I think it's a heavy load to be the AEW world champion. And I don't think that Hangman is on this. It's not that I don't think. I know for a fact Hangman is not on the same level as Jericho, Omega, and Mox. So in order for him to have a successful first couple of months for the AEW world championship, I think you needed to give him some stronger competition. So you started off really well with Danielson, and then you move over to Lance Archer. 
And then I feel like everything's been a little bit flat. Now, to be fair, Ross, to be completely fair, it's only been two weeks, right? It's only been two weeks. But here's where I'm going to go ahead and just flat out say this right now. And I'm kind of glad that you're on the same boat as me, because if Ross, I'm going to use you for the example. If Ross is going to heavily criticize the championship reign of Big E, then I would hope that he's seen the same thing that I'm seeing with Hangman Page and notice, okay, he had Danielson and now he's got Archer. Does anybody really give a crap? No, look, here's, here's, here's what I will say, okay? I have no problem telling the story that Hangman Page has been a guy on the fringe of being a main event level talent. He beats Omega. He has barn burners with Daniel Bryan. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson. Sorry, it's 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 gonna take a while to not get used to that. Um, his bangers with Brian Danielson. Personally, the better story is for Paige to lose the title and for him to kind of go on this journey and have the fans go on this journey with him of okay, is he gonna revert back to being the same cowboy he was before he won the title. Is he going to grow as a performer and as a man? And and we're going to grow with him to where, when he does finally have a couple more months of being at that level and having upper tier uh, feuds and having the failures and having the successes to where, when he does win the title again, we've taken the journey with him. Whereas I feel like, and this is the problem with having uh, so few of pay-per-views. It's like, okay, well, Yes, as fans, we've taken this journey with him for two years, but it hasn't really felt like we've read the book of Hangman Page. It's been, well, we read a chapter of him, and then seven chapters later, he shows up again. Like, where were you the other six chapters that we needed to grow with you? I feel like we've missed that. And so, oh, yeah. wow. and, and so, and so that goes back to the problem of, okay, well, how many times on this show do I tell you, well, there's only about seven or eight native editors on WWE? Well, here's the problem, okay? Yeah, you have a lot of really good talent in AEW. How many people on the AEW roster can you tell me with a straight face right now are at the level of being AEW world champion? All right, well, I can go ahead and name a few, and I think I'm going to make your point. By the way, I loved how you laid out the fact that we've only gotten chapters, if not pages, pun intended of hangman adam page uh, right right <laughs> but, of course. But, but to be fair but to be fair i think you're right because i feel i'm just going to say this right now and then i'll go ahead and give you my answer in regards to the, who i think is a main eventer and who's not but i feel like it's been i feel like it was the book of the elite with sections dedicated to Pingman, but not the book of hangman i feel like the main characters have been kenny omega nick and matt jackson and uh cody rhodes you know, the elite and he, you know, hangman is this little, it's not a side character. That would be a detriment to what I'm saying to anything that I would say positively about hangman on a page. But if you look at this, okay. My wife was just watching the Lord of the Rings earlier today. I mean, is hangman Samwise? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like he damn sure ain't Frodo. And he damn sure ain't freaking um, Aragorn. You know what I mean? Like, so, he, I, I don't feel that he is the main character of this show right now. 
And okay, so when you're the world champ, you should be. So, all right. Again, I'm not talking career, okay? Because there are people on AEW that are main event level talents, okay? Mm-hmm. But, okay, and I want to be very specific when I say this, okay? Just because they were a main event level talent does not mean they should be holding the world title for AEW right now. I agree. So I agree. So I'm just going to use this as an example because I know it's near and dear to your heart and I just want to get it out of there right now. Adam Cole should not be holding the AEW world title. Agree or I disagree? Ag- I will agree completely. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that Adam Cole is not worthy of being a world champion of a major promotion. The guy's mm-hmm. super freaking talented. Mm-hmm. I think there's legs to him and Britt Baker publicly on TV being an item going that same route of having power couples. That's which, totally going to work. Which, by the way, if they do that with Seth and Becky at some point, which I think that'll should. work marvelously for WWE programming. Don't mean to cut you off. Carry on. Okay. So, again, I only use that as an, as an example, not as an attack on you, just simply as a, hey, that's a guy that a lot of people see as a beta vet level talent. Mm-hmm. But right now in AEW, you cannot say he is a guy that should be holding the world title. So I will agree. So let's get so let's get the main people out of the way just to get the main people out of the way. Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega. That's three. Okay. Now, personally, I I think you have to put MJF in that category. Mm-hmm. I, I think you have to. Okay. So those are three. So let's see. We've had Jericho, Moxley, Omega, and Hangman Page. Those have been the only four guys that have held the title, right? That is correct. Okay. So I'm so I'm putting Page out of here because mm-hmm. to me, he doesn't feel like a world champion. So I'm going to replace him with Brian Danielson. Is that fair? I would add Brian Danielson on there. Okay, so I want to be clear. Um, okay. that, yeah, so, yes, I agree with you on, on, on Brighty. That's the first thing. Let me be okay. very clear. So, so, mm-hmm. so I've listed Jericho, mm-hmm. uh, Omega, mm-hmm. Moxley, mm-hmm. Brian Danielson, MJF. That is five people. I've got, okay. I can add a few more. Oh, no. Yeah. We're, we're going to add a few more. I okay, just cool, wanted cool. to get, I just wanted to get those five out of the way because to me, those are five no brainers to me. Okay. Okay. So uh, I love Jericho. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. I think that the longer that it's been since he's been away from the AEW world championship, Mm-hmm. the better it's been for the AEW World Championship because it hasn't had to rely on someone like him uh, in order to be of importance. Right. Uh, and I, I I want that to come across as a compliment towards Chris Jericho and towards AEW that they are now using that, that to me, the AEW World Championship has become prestigious enough that it does not need to be held by someone who's one of the greatest to ever do it, period. Mm-hmm. Not, one of, not the best wrestler in the world. I'm talking about one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the further also gets away from him, the more I'm starting to wonder, will he ever get another title shot, a legitimate title shot ever again? Because he is getting older, Ross. I mean, he's now, he is going to be turning 50. Or if, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken, he is 50. Mm-hmm. And 
at some point, and I know people are going to be like, oh, well, Hulk Hogan won the title at like 54. Yeah. Guess what? He shouldn't have won the title at 54. I don't care how over he was when he lost the Rock at WrestleMania 18. There was absolutely no reason for Hulk Hogan to become WWE champion in March or April of 2002. I don't care how many people disagree with me. Did I like it? Sure, of course. It was nostalgia-driven. Did it need to happen? Absolutely not. So well, I bring that he up. Also, he also only held the title for a month, but yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that completely. Okay. And then he ended up losing it to Taker. That's totally, yes. that's totally fair. Okay. But my point is, just because something is so cool and happening doesn't mean that you have to always strike while the iron is hot. Oh, we have to make him WWE champion or whatever. Hey, let me give you a perfect example. Okay. I love Sting. Sting is slaying right now in AEW way more than I expected him to be doing so. Mm-hmm. Do I need to see Sting be the AEW World Championship? Absolutely not. Yeah. Right? And so in that same vein, I don't need to see Chris Jericho become the AEW World Champion anymore. That being said, that doesn't mean that he's not a main eventer. I think he's very much a main eventer. But- which is, which is, by the way, the, the entire topic of this conversation of who are the main event level talents in yes. this company right now. Yes. Okay. And I just wanted to make sure that there was that disparity there for one second of a main eventer and just because he's a main eventer, because you mentioned Adam Cole um, not being someone who needs to, who should be AEW world champion right now. Mm-hmm. I'm also wanting to make that proclamation of, I don't think Jericho needs to be AEW world champion right now either. Okay. However, he's a main eventer. That so, being said. So, so we've listed, so we've listed five people. Yes. Okay. You said there were a few more. Let's have mm-hmm. the discussion because I want to see if they're the same people. I think they are. So okay. ma- again, Right now, AEW world champions in that company, other than the five names that we listed, because to me, they're no-brainers. Sure. Okay, go ahead. Uh, CM Punk, uh, I think, has Ooh, I, absolutely... Oh, okay, okay. Do you think he fell off? Or- I think the way they have booked him and the level that he's been doing... Okay, here's what I will say. I understand why you would say that, but until until proven that they're going to book him the way they need to book him, and they start be just totally committing back to exactly what he needs to be, I can't agree that he should be holding the world title for that company right now. Interesting, because I feel that the way that he's been booked with MJF right now, I feel like the opposite of what you just said is happening. Now, to be fair, okay, they, they, I think what they're doing right now, and I, I, I will be, I will be fair towards you, and I will be fair to the MJF and CM Punk situation because I feel like they're playing with fire a little bit, Ross. And what I mean by that is, I think they're, I'm not going to say they're getting too cute with it, but this rivalry, this feud, started all the way back the night before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Today is January. The 20th, we have seen them have one match where it was a three on three match. It was CM Punk, Darby Allen and Sting versus MJF and, and FTR. That's all we've seen. And I know what their point is. They really want to make this match happen on pay-per-view. So they're pushing it all the way to revolution for that first match. That's fine. But there's only so much you can do when you make us wait. December, January, deep into February, nearly two and a half, almost three months for their first one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. At some point, you start to get, you start to think they're getting a little bit too cute with it. They, they, 
they should have already had this first match by now. And okay, yeah, the timing of it was, yeah, it could have been better. They were the ones that made the call to go ahead and put them in the ring together on th- on Thanksgiving Eve. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were getting into. They knew exactly what they were going to get into. The moment they let them go for 18 and a half minutes on a promo battle in Chicago. True. Okay. So AEW can't be like, oh, well, we didn't know what to expect. You've got one of the greatest promos of all time versus one of the greatest promos in the world today. What did you expect? Did you expect them to go ahead and have a, a, a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes here, people? No. You, <laughs> this was going to be of epic proportion. So if you wanted the match to happen, don't put them in the ring at the same time and then wait until we get closer to revolution so things can start to breathe a little bit better. Because there's, been, there's a difference between breathing, Ross, and running out of breath. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I think that that's where we're getting to. I'm not saying that that's where we're at, but I think that's where we're getting to if they continue to make us wait all the way until Revolution for their very first match. Like, it's going to get to the point of like, oh, we're fatigued. We've been seeing this feud for like four months. It's like, remember in 2020, how we were waiting for ages to see Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins have their match, and we had to wait until WrestleMania for them to finally have their one-on-one match, even though they'd been feuding for like four months. Mm -hmm. This This is exactly that except on a higher level because it's CM Punk seven years after having come back. How long did we have to wait for uh, Rollins versus Triple H? Uh, Even longer. Uh, So that was September, October. So October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months we waited. Now, by the way, six months. Now, by the way, what was the biggest difference between that feud and the last two feuds we just talked about? They weren't cutting promos on each other every week. Every week. Yes. Oh, and by the way, uh, I, I looked it up. Revolution is not until March. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I apologize. The last two years, it's been a February pay-per-view. Um, oh, okay. That's March well, there you go. It's even worse. That's even worse. All right. So you say CM Punk. I CM disagree, Punk, yes. but I see where you're coming from. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I, will, I will expedite this process because I want to get to some of the other promos and some of the other stuff that mm. happened. I'm here to tell you right now. As much as the wrestling community probably dislikes him very much, the way he has booked himself and the way he is perceived in the business, uh, Cody Rhodes has made it better. He is. I 1,000% agree with you. 1,000%. And, And by the way, I have another name that I feel really bad that this is the case. But I think they need to capitalize on this. So, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Phoenix got hurt. Okay. Yeah. He got very seriously hurt. He's yeah. not going Thankfully, to be back. Thankfully, it's a dislocation and not a breakage. Y- yet, God. yet, he's going to be out of action for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me tell you something right now. Uh, Pentagon, or whatever they're calling him right now, mm-hmm. is absolutely a main event level talent that can hold that title i would agree they may need to have somebody speak for him Mm -hmm. and have you know somebody be the mouthpiece for him i think that's where eddie kingston would come in by the way but but i'm here to tell you right now they need to put pentagon on tv wrestling singles matches every week if not every other week i'm telling you right now they need to take advantage of the 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 very and, and by the way if the tables were reversed, Ray Phoenix is absolutely somebody that can hold a world title. I absolutely. 
can I can I hop on something really quickly that you just mentioned? Because you mentioned Cody Rhodes, and I said that I completely 1,000% agree, and I think that they're booking themselves into perfection when they do this, if they do it right. So I don't know if you know this, Ross, but it's made massive headlines over the last like few days, but Cody Rhodes is actually working without an AEW contract right now. Yes, um, which is why the rumors of him free- showing up as the Royal Rumble all over the place. Like, yeah, right, which like, people need to calm down. Like I right. can understand if if Cody Rhodes showed up because of the forbidden door and AEW and WWE working together, but he's not leaving AEW to go to WWE. You would no. be you'd have to be psychotic, literally psychotic, to actually think that. Mm-hmm. But what I what what I was reading today, somebody made an excellent point, and I don't know who what it who said it, and I wanted to give him credit, but I apologize. But they said maybe this is the way that AEW and Cody Rhodes booked themselves out of Cody Rhodes now actually being able to challenge for the AEW World Championship again. Because if you remember, Ross, and I know you remember this pretty well, at least I think you do, when he lost to Chris Jericho in that feud back all the way in November at Full Gear in 2019, when he lost that match and um, MJF screwed him over, that meant Cody Rhodes was no longer able to challenge for the AEW World Championship. Correct. Correct. And so now with this new contract, I'm wondering if they booked themselves into, okay, only way I'll re-sign is if I get a chance to challenge for the world championship again. And voila, you've got yourselves Cody Rhodes back in the main event seat. Listen, let, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If wrestling fans don't want to agree with me, whatever. I love Cody Rhodes. And I do not understand why he's getting the... People are calling it the John Cena treatment. I, I, I don't view it that way. Because John Cena is on it. Uh, as much as I love Cody Rhodes, jo- Cody Rhodes ain't John Cena. Now, if you wanted to say if Cody Rhodes is getting the Triple H treatment in this, and not in the fact that he's booking himself to win all the time, but he is the EVP that happens to book everything that's happening outside of himself. So if you want to compare him more to Triple H than John Cena, that's fair. But getting back to my point, I don't understand why he's getting his ass booed out of the building. And then fans are so dumb, Ross. We're so dumb as fans because here he is cutting a promo and he's getting booed the first minute. And then all of a sudden, three minutes later, he's getting cheered like nobody's business because he's basically cutting another amazing promo because that's what Cody Rhodes does. If it, you know, we talk about MJF being a fantastic promo. Cody Rhodes is also in the discussion to, for one of the best promos in the game today. So my point is, I think this is a perfect way to finally incorporate Cody Rhodes back into it, the actual main event world championship scene and then getting away from that storyline because you it's a refresh because of the because of for once every once in a while incorporating real life into storyline actually works. And it happens more often than not. And I think we all know this. When you make things feel realistic, it makes things fresher and it makes things feel good. Sometimes they go a little bit too deep. But I think that this is one of those times where it's absolute perfection if they go about it that way. All right. So I wanted to mention this because we're, we're sticking with AEW and then we will wrap up this discussion. I just wanted that discussion because I feel like we talk ad nauseum about how WWE doesn't do a great job of building up main event level talent, even though we had a side discussion where I think they actually might have more main event level talent on their roster now than even a few years ago. Listen, I love Malachi Black, but Malachi Black ain't in the main event scene in AEW. And guess what? Guess who else I love? I love Andrade. 
Andrade sure as hell ain't in the main event scene right now in AEW, which now, hurts me to say. Now, I will tell you, there are two guys that I think are close. They're not there yet, but I think they are close. Okay. Okay. I think Sammy is close. Sammy Guevara, okay. And believe it or not, I am not going to tell you that Darby Allen's the other one. I do appreciate the work Darby Allen's doing. Mm-hmm. Give it a little more time, but he's not as close as the other guy I'm about to say. And if you disagree, I totally get it. But from just the way that they booked him for a while and the way that they're booking him, contrarily to a lot of the other bigger guys they have in their company, I'm here to tell you right Miro is close. <laughs> I knew you were going ah. Look, I'll give you Sammy. I'll give look, you Sammy. No, no, and look, here's the thing. I'm not saying they're there. I'm not. I'm yeah. saying they're closer than Malachi Black or Andrade or Adam Cole, who were easy main eventers in the last company they just worked for. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Oh, and by the way, you know who else should be a main event level guy that they've absolutely screwed the pooch on? Lance Archer. Well, Lance Archer is obviously the number one contender to Hangman Adam Page. I know, but that's uh, which, what I'm saying. How many? To what you're saying? How many? How many high profile matches has Lance Archer had? Two. Now this is going to be maybe the third one. Yeah, that is pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. I know the yeah. the only two high profile matches that I can think of are his loss to Mox for the AEW World Championship in mid 2020, mm-hmm. and then. Um, the finals of the TNT championship tournament between him and, uh, and Cody the first time when, when the TNT championship was first unveiled. Okay. I thought he was also in a really like big main event level, hardcore match against somebody. Why am I forgetting this? Or, or are you thinking Brody and Cody? Hmm. Maybe or he, maybe it was was it was it was his match? No 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 no, his, no 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 no. Okay, who did he? Was his match with Mox a hardcore match? Maybe I'm because uh, it's been a while. Okay, he faced Cody in the TNT Finals. Yes, in the TNT Championship Finals. Yeah, yes, back okay. in uh, what was that? Uh, double or nothing. Okay, so then I think his match against Mox might have was that been a hardcore match. A hardcore match. Somebody will correct me. The point is... Yeah, by, by the way, I think you're right. And so my point is, and I agree with you, those are the only two that I can think of mm-hmm. that are high profile for Lance Archer and AEW right now. All right. So transition. Uh, John Moxley came back to a wildly successful roar of a crowd that was just... It's almost... It's almost like the conquering hero had come back yeah. in a way. By the way, I appreciated the silence they gave him in order to speak. Of course. That was beautiful. Of course. Beautiful. Now, uh, this is not the first time I'm going to say this. This is not the last time I'm going to say this. And if I am in the minority when I say this, I don't care. They have got to stop openly using profanity in every other promo they do. It's not edgy. It's not cool. It's not groundbreaking. It's just profanity on national TV. Like, there are ways. Look, okay. I'm not even a big fan of using the word bitch. Okay. Especially when, for years, calling a woman that was not cool. And now women are using it to just objectify themselves and call themselves cool i'm a bad bitch yeah sorry like 
that doesn't work for me. So, like, Moxley said the F word on national television last night. I know that's not a big deal to some people, but, like... Well, I think to be fair, to be—I knew you were going to bring that up. To be fair, there I needs think to be situa- some, yeah. There needs to be some some decorum when it comes to not only your television product, but just like, yeah. Are we really just going lowest common denominator and just saying, yeah, let's just let's just cuss in every promo? Yeah, no, no, I I, I get what you're saying. I think what AEW because of their TV 14 rating and because they air a little later on the East Coast on on cable television. You know, because they're rated TV 14 DLSV, right? Uh, for those okay. of you who don't know, that's a really, 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 how do I put this? That's about as close as you can get to a rated R rating without going into TVMA, right? So it's like a really hard PG 13. Um, and so they can get away with the S word, they can get away with the B word. And then, like in PG 13 movies, I don't know if you know this, Ross, I believe with a PG 13 movie, you can you're use the F word once. The F word once. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so I think that's what AEW is trying to do in this regard. I believe John Moxley completely broke character because some guy was hassling him all the way in the stands. Do I do, by the way, do I condone that? No, not really. But at the same time, some guys heckling him the first minute that he's back after being gone for four and a half months for alcoholism treatment. And so some guy has the nerve to go ahead and be disrespectful to him. I would kind of, I would have maybe reacted the exact same way. So I'll let mock slip on that or slide on that one. But I agree with you that they should be very careful with how they use their vocabulary on a, on a weekly basis on television. Well, look, look, S word, it does get dropped a bunch. Well, look uh, here. Okay. Comedians get heckled all the time, all the time. And the ones that you see have outbursts against fans, they get they get crucified about, oh, they're attacking the fans for now. Look, do I agree with a fan that is, you know, being being just a dick? Of course not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's but that's also back to the whole. Well, we've made the we've made the audience part of the show. It's so now they feel entitled to do whatever they want because they're part of the show, which, by the way, never should have happened. Yes, of course, they're a big part of the show and they're necessary, as we just saw with the pandemic with no fans and how crap the product was with nobody cheering and people posturing in the corner to nobody. It looked idiotic. The point is, do better, okay? Look, I understand you have a bit back. There's passion. There's an idiot fan of the crowd. Just be better. You can clearly let it not bother you. You're a professional for God's sake. Like, don't let somebody else bring you down to a level that you clearly don't need to be at. And again, I understand the whole, well, if you can't, if you can't, uh, if you can't beat somebody at something, be different. Well, okay. There's also something that says being different doesn't always mean better. So all I'm saying is there are all these promos where you know, Jericho's cussing, Cody's cussing, MJF's cussing, Punk's, you know, all this stuff. It's just, it's just ridiculous. There has to be a limit somewhere. I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of it. I'm just not a fan of it. So I just wanted to address that. Um, Let's see here. Oh, okay. So, um, I'm going to let you talk for just a second because I know you wanted to really talk about either Mox's promo 
Cody's promo or both. I had to get off off my chest because I agree with you that the promos are great. And and again, perhaps I'm nitpicking. It's just a trend that I'm not a big fan of, especially in AEW, because of course WWE is never going to do that. But but even it's then, just, WWE has kind of played around with it a little oh, bit because we know. were getting thrown a lot I more, and not know. just by the ladies. I know that's that's a whole issue in itself because, like I said, it's back to oh well, so so women calling each other bitches and labeling themselves as bitches is okay now. Okay, well, you know, what kind of slippery slope are we going to be on? Okay, well, if bitch isn't a derogatory term to women, what else? What else are are people going to call them in promos? Are we going to say see you next Tuesday on television? I doubt it. I well, doubt so, it. <laughs> Listen, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It doesn't bother me that much because I feel like we see it a bunch in movies. I know. Okay. But that's my point. Be better. Right. But that all being said, um, the promos were fantastic. Let me be the first one to tell you. Give me one second, Ross. I'm going to have to, we might have to edit okay. this part out. Just so, no, no, it's fine. Um, so, so, and, 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 okay. Now I'm back. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Um, sorry. So, these promos, regardless of, you know, however, whatever the language Cody Rhodes and John Moxley decided to use. First of all, congratulations to Mox. He must be commended. I mean, alcoholism um, or whatever substance abuse problems you may be dealing with um, is such a, you know, intense thing that I wish upon no one. And um, I'm just very happy to see him back. Um, they've been posting pictures of when he was last on AEW programming. And now Ross, I don't know if you've seen them. They've been making the rounds today. The last time he was on, uh, on AEW television in October, he was this puffball, just red all over his face. And by the way, he hadn't, it wasn't like he had just wrestled. So he wasn't, he wasn't sweating from a wrestling match. He wasn't swollen from a wrestling match. He was swollen and red because of, just the amount of alcohol he may have been consuming throughout that time period, which is really, really, really sad. And to see him now, three and a half months later, look as fantastic as he does. I, I got nothing but respect for the guy because alcoholism and substance abuse is a problem. It's such a terrible thing in our society these days. And to be able to go ahead and see him, you know, be, and by the way, it's a constant struggle. Right. And I don't mean to make this a PSA about substance abuse, but I'm going to mention it because we're talking about John Moxley and that's exactly what happened. Right. It's a daily struggle. And to see him come back in such a great fashion and be able to go ahead and perform in front of all those people is just beautiful. And that promo that he cut, that wasn't John Moxley. That was Jonathan Good. And that was beautiful. You know what I mean? And it made me ha- it made me happy, and I'm just great. I'm I'm grateful to see him in such a great state of mind now, compared to where he was in three three and a half months ago. You know, he he can be in a great place for his wife mentally. He can be in a great place for his daughter mentally. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing. So that promo in and of itself, very reminiscent of when uh, Roman came back. Baby, stop. Very reminiscent of when Roman came back from beating leukemia, and so it, that. It, it was the realism of we weren't seeing Roman Reigns. We were seeing Joe NOI. Right. Um, and that was great. Cody. Cody just cut a spectacular promo because he's Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? I, a, a couple of years ago, you didn't like the, the, I shouldn't say you didn't like, you just didn't like the profanity that was used in the Cody promo that he did against Jericho, where he talked about, 
um, being a silver spoon fed kid because right. his dad was Dusty Rhodes and blah, blah, blah. Right. This promo was entirely different uh, and yeah. still equally as great to me. Cody not only was putting himself over as the main, one of the main eventers in AEW, because even though he didn't use those specific words, that is exactly what he was trying to do. Um, But he also put over everybody and their mother in that promo, Ross. He put over Brody King. He put over Malachi Black. He put over Sammy Guevara. He put over CM Punk. He put over, (laughs) he didn't put him over. He definitely went ahead and threw Walter's gimmick change under the bus as he should have by the uh, way yeah. um and so totally. he did no yeah, no that's he did all this sorry guys uh somebody's making an appearance on the podcast mm-hmm. this is what happens when you are in the setup that you have now i apologize my not point his, is not his first appearance by the way not his first appearance and he's older he's so much older now he's wiser he talks so much more he's a <laughs> smart guy he probably yeah. knows some of the things that i talk about now um, but my point is, yeah, you're right. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. you agreeing with me because Lord knows he doesn't agree with you that much. Uh, yeah, Lord does. <laughs> all right, hold on. Okay, hang on for one second. But just give me one second. Um, so that all being said, he did all this, and then he he you know you you mentioned really? something earlier where you yeah. talked about WWE having feuds that are upper mid card <laughs> that matter again, mm-hmm. and Cody talked about the TNT title not being a secondary title. It is just a title that is relevant, that matters. And by gosh, I am a hypocrite because for years I have said the TNT Uh, title is disgusting. It it was a terrible looking title. And I was like, it's just a mid card uh, title. And guess what they have done over the last year and a half Ross? And it's, by the way, it's not just been Cody, but Cody's been a big part of it, but Cody, Sammy Guevara, Miro, Darby Allen, shout out to Brody Lima. He rests in peace. Those five men that have held <laughs> yeah. the TNT championship, brother, they have made that thing matter. They have made it respectable. They have made it be an important piece of programming and an important piece of professional wrestling where people actually want to wrestle for that championship because it's meaningful yeah. and they're putting yeah. on great, not yeah. just wrestling matches, but great programs that are associated with that championship. And a lot of that has to do with Cody Rhodes. And exactly what he said last night in that promo is exactly what he's been talking about and fair play to him. And I'm willing to call myself out for being a hypocrite because by the way, the TNT championship has actually grown on me over the last few months. It actually looks better than what it did way back when, when it was first debuted in 2020. And I'm happy to say that I haven't been completely turned, but it looks a whole heck of a lot better now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, It's, I don't know how much uh, of that we're going to have to go ahead and edit. Oh, out, no. Oh, no. Oh, is. no. I'm editing out none of that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's just the way that is. Um, no. OK, so here's so again. I will I will gladly admit when I'm wrong on things, I all I was saying was they could have done the exact promos they could have done. These are not unintelligent people. OK, these are like I I just. For the life of me, I, I I don't understand how in order to cut a good promo, some people feel like you have to use certain language. And honestly, I think it would be better. You look, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would you know openly insult you on this show. But if I really wanted to openly insult you on this show, do you think it would come across like 
way more way more clearly and way worse for you if I didn't use profanity. I bet you would actually be more offended if I found a way to openly insult you without using it. Well, I mean, you have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. It's not like, and by the way, not on purpose. Okay. But okay. You have, and okay. I, and I feel like it's it's gone both ways. Look, it's it's just it's just lowest common denominator. It just is. And look, I know we're in this thing of well, the wrestlers represent the every man. Look, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm the guy that says I want them to be stars. I want us as an audience to look at them and go, I can aspire to be that, but I'm not that. Like at some level, I can't relate to that. Look, this is going to go into a diatribe. I, I promise you I'm not going there. Okay. Why do you think we like athletes? Okay. Because they do something that most people cannot do. Okay. No matter what sport it is, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, cricket, whatever. Boxing, mixed martial arts. Whatever you want to say. Okay. Absolutely. I love (laughs) Whatever, right? All these people do something better than most other people. That should be celebrated. So when you have that, okay, or, okay, how about something else? You watch a movie, right? There are people that are such good actors. You want to go see them act. That's a skill. I can't do that. Maybe maybe there are people that aspire to, to do that, but they're not at that level. So I almost told them at a higher accord to say, you know what? I'm going to be better because I have this skill and I have a better way to entertain you than going lowest common denominator that I can hear anywhere in my life. That's all I'm saying. And again, I'm not saying they're bad promos. I just think they could be better. And at some level, I almost expect better because they're trained to be better. That's all. That's all. All right. Uh, Now, we are doing Royal Rumble next week. So I have to ask, is there anything else? Oh, okay. I forgot about this. William Regal was cut by WWE cut huge loss for that company that guy has been a backbone of not only nxt but that company for years years and the purge of uh guys that triple h backed continues to uh continues to grow i uh i've heard some very interesting rumors about that by the way one of them involving your boy the rock that's all i'm gonna say about that because uh yeah the, the nick khan thing just uh-huh. continues to creep up and I, yeah and because the rock and nick khan are their bros and there's a very famous story that the rock was not treated well by triple h and hbk not treated well at all and uh i don't know that was a back in the day and we all know <laughs> now, to be fair yeah. that was a back in the day thing uh-huh. i don't know <laughs> I don't know if if there's where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm saying that's 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 a very interesting thing that's happening. Anyway, it, back- it is, but but you know people yeah. people have to remember that Rock and Triple H are they're boys now. So you know, I, I, listen, there's yeah. there's holding grudges because obviously we know the Rock is holding a grudge like nobody else's business. You know, between him and um, between him and, and Vin Diesel, but I yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Regal's gone. And there are very strong rumors that AEW might actually be interested in bringing him on in some type of capacity similar to what he was doing for WWE. And the reason I say that's very interesting is, look, when when WWE decided they were going to do Raw and SmackDown and NXT, they really put two people in charge of NXT to make it grow to something, right? Because first it was first it was developmental, so they had to put a couple people in charge to grow that. Then they decided they wanted to make it a third brand. Then they changed their mind. That's a whole other story for a whole other day. But I'm here to tell you right now, if William Regal signs with AEW and they tell him, uh, Mr. Regal, we are putting you in charge of Rampage. I guarantee you within six months, that show will be 200% more relevant if you put him in charge of that show. Guarantee it. I would agree with you just because of, uh, I mean, William Regal has been incredible over the last six or seven years with NXT. So, yeah. Um, And that's just because he's an incredible mind for the business, just like Triple H is. So, and, you know, you add that with whatever good creative decisions are happening in all elite wrestling. That's a great recipe um, that usually I would say, oh, that might be too many cooks in the kitchen. Not, not when you bring in Regal. Not in this case. I think Regal is too good a cook, if you know what I mean. I do. And I do, uh, I do smell what he's cooking, and that's success. So if that happens, and by the way, even if that doesn't happen, okay, if he goes to Impact and pairs up with Scott Demore and that brain trust, holy cow, that would be a coup for them. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm saying if William Regal wants to work, he will find it because he's way too talented to not be working in this business, along with a lot of other people, but you know, he's he's been such an integral part of WWE and especially NXT that uh, if he wants to work, he will. So yeah. um, is there anything else? Oh, you know what? I forgot about this, too. I'm going to keep this very, very short because there's actually been an update to this story. Uh, Walter. His name got changed to Gunther Stark. Why they did this, I have no idea. They went to go trademark the name and found out that Gunther Stark was the name of a Nazi commander. The update on this story is they have stopped trying to trademark the name. I believe they're just going to stick with Gunther. Because they've already committed to the name change, so they would look really stupid going back now. So if he's getting called up to the main roster... He will be known as Gunther. I know it's stupid. Why did they have to change it from Walter? You know, because they have to change everything else. I I just. Oh, and also, by the way, somebody came up with another hilarious idea that I had two years ago that might actually be coming to fruition. So. Ricochet, there's a there, there's a rumor that Ricochet is going to start hanging out with uh, either Sheamus 
or the contingency of Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. And uh, that he would be going by the moniker Rick O'Shea. If that happens, I... <laughs> I don't know what to say. Look, look I've listen I, to be fair, Sheamus and Ricochet just had a banger of a match at day one. Look, I could tell you right now, he could go with the Rico Suave gimmick and be Rico Chet. It would work too. Hey, it would hey, it would actually give the guy personality for God's sake. See, I think his personality has been growing and growing, and I don't think that people are giving them the chance. Look, look. I'm not saying you aren't. I'm not saying I'm not. I no, am. I mean, no, I've been a big look, Ricochet for a while, fan for a while, but yeah. They've had multiple chances, multiple chances to revitalize him. He had a match against Brock freaking Lesnar, and then d- they did nothing with it. Because it was a stepping stone for the whole Drew McIntyre thing, which is fine, That's by the way. Situation, yeah. Terrible. But still, like, there are like a billion things they could have done out of that, and they just decided, yeah, you're Ricochet, whatever. But it's a Triple H guy, so we can't push him. Anyway, is there anything else we need to be covering on this show? No, just it, it just pains me to see this breakdown of everything that triple H, but like literally they are breaking everything down. And I told you this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. I think the only reason why Shawn Michaels is quote unquote safe is because he's a legend. Yeah. You know, of course. Of course. A- a- and that's the only reason, but that's about as close to triple H as you could possibly get. And if they were to let, if they were, I could see them relieving Shawn Michaels from his duties of NXT and just having him do some, just be an ambassador that wouldn't surprise me and if they did that that's i think that's the nail on the coffin and at that point they would just like even trip i feel like Shawn michaels might actually be safer than triple h right now do you know how crazy that is to say mm-hmm. in 2022 that's unbelievably crazy to me i know but i think that we've gotten to that point i don't think triple h's job not only just as the NXT head, I mean, for a fact, he no longer has the NXT head booker position anymore. We all know that. But I don't even know if his job is safe as the uh, president of talent relations or whichever, whatever his title is with WWE. Yeah, it's even, uh, that, even that. I don't know if that if that's safe at this point. It's, uh, it's I, crazy. So there is. Oh, let me let me put it to you this way. This is the first domino of a much bigger plan for WWE. Let me tell you something right now. Um, They are not going to be on Peacock for probably very much longer. You think they're looking to sell? I think there is a legitimate chance they're going to sell to a group that can basically take them to the next boundary of streaming and just overall making the entire WWE experience streamlined to what the future of that type of business is going to be. And they're going to have Nick Khan to help do it. So I will not be surprised when the day comes where they just stick everything on one platform and they just ride with it because they're going to make gobs and gobs and gobs of money. So, but we'll see. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the show where, uh, well, because I was not here last week and because I'm here this week, you don't just get one. You get two episodes of WCW 2000 Nitro. I love it. Not at all. It's not my fault there was no show last week. All right. You you didn't win. You you didn't win, Ross. You didn't win 2021. Doesn't matter. Neither did you. Listen, fine. I told you I was going to go ahead and just tell you talk what about Becky Lynch winning the Rumble in 2018. No, no. Tell you what. Tell you what. If you want to make a TikTok for the show, go for it. I didn't lose. Knock it off. I'm just saying. The January You're the one that had to make the TikTok. Fool, not me. <laughs> oh, no. Get out yes. of here. Yes. Twitter and Instagram. Come on. Yes. By the way, the Double Turn podcast on Instagram, TDT mm-hmm. Wrestling Pod on Twitter. You're welcome. What a plug. You know, this all would have been fixed if Bill Goldberg would have just done his job. That's all I'm saying. The January 10th episode of WCW Monday Nitro took place from the Marine Midland Arena in Buffalo, New York. The theme of this show was that the NWO was running wild. We had crowned new WCW tag team champions that were not Hall and Nash. And they were not Hall or they were not... uh, They were not Nash and Steiner. This was a show in which Scott Steiner, it was his birthday. So, uh, well, there were a lot of hoes in the back. And, well, that was pretty much all Scott Steiner uh, did all night. Jeff Jarrett, his his whole night was, uh, well, he was fighting legends. So there was that. And there was a uh, three-way world tag team title match to start the show. So let's just put it this way. David Flair and Crowbar beat the teams of, and I don't stutter when I say these two names, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn, and that's right, Kidman and Conan. That's right. A triple threat match that lasted four minutes and 37 seconds. To be fair, I don't know how much I should crap on that considering a fatal five-way at day one weight eight and a half, but whatever. And yet Brock Lesnar would eat every competitor that I just uh, listed right there. That's right. So. By the way, Conan, I love you. You're wrong about Mountain Man babyface Brock. He is hilarious. By the way, Ross, can I just state really quick? I'm sorry. I'll let you um, carry on with WCW 2000. Mm-hmm. But the knock-knock joke in Philadelphia from Brock Lesnar was gold. That was I, gold. We I, didn't talk about it last week because we weren't here, but yeah. I think I liked his impersonation of Paul Heyman and it being terrible, but it's still being hilarious. It actually was great. I don't yeah. think it was terrible at all. I actually think it was great, but his knock-knock joke and Paul's reaction of Brock Lesnar telling a knock-knock joke in Philadelphia in 2022. I thought I'd seen it all. That's <laughs> great. It was Un- great. Unreal. Mountain Man, babyface Brock for the win. Carry on talking about WCW in the year of our Lord, Jesus Christ, 2000. So the three people that Jeff Jarrett was going to face on tonight's episode of Nitro, this being January 10th of 2000, his first match was against George the Animal Steel in a bunkhouse brawl match, which was basically a hardcore match with weapons, with special referee Chris Benoit. George Steele beat him in one minute and 13 seconds because Art Anderson, Larry Zabisco, Paul Orndorff, and Terry Funk were at ringside and helped him win because that was the power struggle against the NWO. So, yes, the NWO, which was Hall, Nash, Jarrett, Steiner, and, yes, Brett the Hitman Hart, 
against that contingency of baby faces. Let that sink in. Uh, his his next match was Tito Santana, who also defeated Jeff Jarrett in a dungeon match with, yes, Chris Benoit as the special guest referee. Tito Santana won the match in two minutes and 24 seconds. His final match of the night was against Superfly Jimmy Snuka in a steel cage match with Chris Benoit as the special guest referee in which Jimmy Snuka beat Jeff Jarrett in three minutes and 20 seconds. And then, of course, to end the night, Bret Hart, who uh, who was the uh, the WCW world champion, there was some uh, there was some infighting between he and big sexy Kevin Nash, because you see Kevin Nash wanted to be the top dog again. Bret Hart was the champion. This was a world heavyweight title match. Yes, the main event of the show. World title match on Nitro. Big deal. It went 10 minutes and 54 seconds and ended in a no contest. (laughs) So just a quick recap, a triple threat tag team match where the champions retained went four and a half minutes. The three legends beat Jeff Jarrett in three consecutive matches, that being George the Animal Steel, Tito Santana, and Jimmy Snuka. Because the contingency of Art Anderson, Larry Zabisco, Paul Orndorff, and Terry Funk was sticking it to Jeff Jarrett, the NWO. Meanwhile, Scott Steiner is uh, taking on the hoe train in the back. Meanwhile, Bret Hart and Kevin Nash beating each other up for 10 minutes, and then it ended up in a no contest. That is your January 10th episode of Monday Nitro. And then we're now getting caught up to this week in history, 22 years ago, January 17th of 2000 this wcw nitro took place from the jerome schottenstein center in columbus ohio what a name that was holy cow this card has got to be terrible all right here we go kidman beat psychosis in six minutes and 50 seconds i'm sure it was a great wrestling match but who cares big t yes big t for those of you that don't know who big t was That was the name of Ahmed Johnson when he came to WCW. He and Stevie Ray formed Harlem Heat 2000. It was awful. Big T and Booker T wrestled on this show for one minute and 41 seconds in which Big T won. Vampiro took down the Disco Inferno, who was hanging out with Italian mobsters Big Vito and Johnny the Bull. Vampiro won that match in three minutes and 51 seconds for the third consecutive week. Crowbar and David Flair defended their WCW tag team titles against. I can't get you out of my heart. (laughs) Three count. (laughs) Shane Helms and Shannon Moore with Evan Courageous at ringside. That WCW World Tag Team title match lasted three minutes and eight seconds. Tank Abbott defeated the maestro, whose gimmick was he played the piano and had a ringside valet known as Symphony. A shoot fight lasted 13 seconds when Tank Abbott punched him in the face and knocked him out. Team 2000, Masahiro Chono and Super J, 
defeated the Varsity Club, which was Mike Rotunda and Rick Steiner, who also had Leia Meow and, yes, Mr. Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan, the team of Chono and Super J1 in a match that went nine minutes. Sid Vicious and The Wall, you know, two beefy guys that were both considered, you know, big-time talents. That match lasted two minutes and 54 seconds. We then had the total package, not Lex Luger, the total package. Defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in a match that went three minutes because Bam Bam Bigelow wanted Goldberg, but instead got the total package. And in the main event of the show, Diamond Dallas Page defeated Buff Bagwell in seven minutes and 19 seconds. You know how much of that show meant anything to the pay-per-view? Absolutely nothing, because that week's show, Thunder set up the pay-per-view because, you know, Thunder was the show to look forward to. So that is your recap of the January 17th edition of WCW Nitro from the year awesome. 2000. Ross, let me tell you something. I worked really hard. Uh-huh. And I mean really, really hard uh-huh. to come back from like three or four down. So I know what you're going to say, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's fine. It's fine. I just want the audience to. I just want the audience to understand you. Because I'm having to sit through this, thinking, "Oh man, if I lose, I'm the one that has to put up with watching this shit okay. programming." Okay, 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 okay. But see, here's the thing, though. Right? Uh, I've I've lived it. I've experienced it. So I can actually give even better context so where somebody doesn't half-ass their way through it. So this is actually better. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because this is where it gets... Uh, people don't understand. People don't oh, no, understand. they do. No, no, but the, <laughs> do they? I'm not sure. Because... They or, understand that the Saudi show broke me. I, I understand that. So now, so now, this you is... Know, it was one of the better pay-per-views of 2021. But no, yeah, absolutely fine. not. Fake news. <laughs> So, so because of that show, whether you wanted it or not, this is the result of it. I understand that. But my point is that <laughs> before, before all of the, before this bet was even made, uh-huh. Ross was kind enough to let me borrow his WWE network account uh-huh. because I let him borrow mine throughout that entire time that we were doing shows in the studio. Uh-huh. And then we had to switch days. So we were no longer watching it on the same night Mm -hmm. at the studio. Mm -hmm. So I got my own account. But before that, every single time I'd watch a pay-per-view on his WWE Network account, WCW 2000 was playing, like, because that's what he was watching. This was in 2020 or in and in 2019. Ross finishes this. Here's the thing. Ross finishes it. And one month later says, by messaging me, I restarted WCW 2000. Like, why? You you just watched 50-some-odd episodes. And by the way... Why would you mm-hmm. put yourself in the position to watch this crap programming again? By the way, we are. And by the uh, way, I then, after going through that twice, I then uh, said, you know what? Here's a fun exercise. Let's watch every Nitro and every Thunder after Hulk Hogan turns heel. <laughs> so, technically, Nitro started in the 
the year of 1995. Yeah. Hogan turned heel in the summer of 96. 96, right. Which, I watched, way, we have a great idea for the show. I yeah. watched every Nitro from the night after Hogan turned heel until the final Nitro in 2001. And then I watched every Thunder from its inception in 1998 until they shut it down in 2001. I went on that odyssey. I went on that journey and it was glorious. I'm sure it was. It's just, I don't so, understand oh, why and, I'm having to. And, and, and by the way, okay. The first episode, I went into painstaking detail to have a great time because it was only me this week. I went into super speed, went very fast and gave content and it was enjoyable. I could have dragged this on for a half hour, <laughs> but I chose not to for you because I had to get through two weeks. Okay. Next week, uh, next, next week, I'm telling you next week, no. we've got, we've got a Royal rubble to go through. However, Listen. however, <laughs> the January 24th edition of, of Monday Nitro will be covered next week. Oh, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure. Here's, you know what makes me really angry? Because <laughs> you know what really pisses me the hell off. It makes me so mad because you're over here mad at the fact that Goldberg beat Lashley, which you should have known was going to happen. Everybody and their mother knew that that was going to happen. Yet you're the only person angry about it. Yet I was the dumb dumb who decided, oh no, Sasha's going to retain at night one of WrestleMania. Had I not picked Sasha, I would have beaten you. So we wouldn't be covering WCW 2000. You would be making content on a TikTok where you would be either doing whatever stupid challenges or dancing or singing or perhaps giving information on the Double Turn podcast on TikTok. Yet, here I am having to deal with this. And it's just, so, it's so just, I, don't, I don't even know. So there's, a very, so there's a very easy solution to this. Just do a TikTok account. Not gonna make no. Okay. Well, the point was for you to make the stupid content, Roswell. Well, see, here's that the thing. The point. Here's the thing. Okay. Unbeknownst to you, this was gonna happen. <laughs> this was gonna happen no matter what happened. Either I, I was I gonna get either I was gonna get the joy of mm -hmm. having you painstakingly go through it every week, or I was just mm -hmm. gonna enjoy doing it and still do it every week. Fair enough. Fair enough. By the way, should we tell the people? Because I know we we discussed it. We're going to have to wait until after the Royal Rumble. But we do have a cool TDT's classic series that we are going to be bringing back in the next couple of weeks. We do. And I'm really excited for it, which it was my idea. It was, but it got delayed. And then, like, I didn't want to yeah. not do it with you. And then we had mm -hmm. the week off because we uh -huh. couldn't do it last week. So once we get a clear understanding of what we're because, I mean, the next two weeks are Royal Rumble. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. So um so we'll do that so next week's show preview and predictions for uh the 2022 royal rumble i have some feeling i'm gonna get some massive heat from that but that's okay and also the next installment of wcw nitro 2000 uh go ahead and give our uh, socials to close us out here sir sure brother and uh, by the way i can't wait because the royal rumble is taking place from the Lou st louis um but uh you can find us uh, on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TDT Wrestling Pod. Uh, go check us out. We are to be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Ross, Spotify, can you carry Apple Podcasts, on? Google Podcasts, and uh, yeah, I pretty much just say all the rest. That being said, uh, it's the Double Turn Podcast on Instagram. Ross the Robot eighty five, the one and only J Man nineteen, uh, TDT Wrestling Pod on Twitter, um, and then. Oh, of course, there's WabamEntertainment.com, W-O-B-A-M Entertainment.com, the only wrestling content on their website. Please tell me if that changes, because I'm very proud of that. There's a lot of great content over there. But if you love that website and you want to check out some wrestling, that is where you can find it. We are the only ones on that site to talk wrestling. So if you uh, give us a follow or give us a listen, spread the word, check us out, have other people check us out, because we're great. Uh, That being said, it has been quite the show. We're going to wrap things up. Like I said, next week, Royal Rumble. I'm very, very excited because pretty much anything's possible except for Roman Reigns losing. Uh- <laughs> but listen, those two title matches are about to be like mover, needle movers. They talk about a needle mover. Those oh, two know. matches are needle movers for sure. Oh, I know. So that is going to close out this edition of the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast for the J-Man. I'm Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>